Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the One Man Low Council and to episode 305 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, which I have finally gotten updated over on Anchor.fm. Been trying out a few new things with some of the integrations with Spotify over there. It allows you to upload video files for them to play as videos on Spotify. Uh, but I do want to say a, a quick farewell to Toph Morris, who had been a long time $5 a month backer over on Anchor.fm. And I do not blame you at all, good sir. Uh, for leaving that support as I was falling behind uh, very much uh, with uploading those episodes. So I do apologize again for that, Toph, if you are still listening to these. And I try and will try to uh, be a lot quicker on the upload of the podcast episodes, which should be a lot quicker now that I'm starting to use uh, the Restream app because it allows me uh, just to be able to do a lot more stuff and uh, a lot more easily even after the fact. Before we go any further though, please make sure you smash that like button if you're watching on YouTube and share the video as well with anyone that you think might enjoy our discussion tonight, which will be about Encanto and also the Thanksgiving box office. So kind of like a debrief overview of the Thanksgiving box office, which saw an animated film from Disney really not do well. And it's been kind of amazing to see the Disney shills in the comment section come out in such a crazy defense of this film. It's amazing how even when I'm pointing out certain numbers that they read into that as if somehow I'm attacking the film, a film of which I have myself not yet seen and don't really know if I even really want to see it. I've heard relatively mixed things about it from people who follow my channel but it's amazing to me, and we've obviously seen this trend throughout uh, several other films now at this point, where people take it as a personal attack when you point out certain numbers and when you point out certain figures. I still have a couple people that are still going after me for my own thoughts about Dune, even though if you've been following me for, for any length of time since Dune came out, you know that I was, generally speaking, a pretty big fan of the film. The The, the 4K Steelbook is already available for pre-order. It's going to be available uh, in January. Totally plan to buy that because even though I do think that the story is one of the weaker parts because of some of the things that are left out from the original story and because itself is not any complete story, you all know I'm, I'm very fond of that movie and would really love to see that film succeed. However, I think it's incredibly important just to point out that it has not gotten to that level yet, and it, it likely will not get to that level. Now, that does not mean that it absolutely will not get to that level, but based on the numbers that we have in front of us, it just does not seem likely. But we'll go ahead and get into that further along into... Uh, our conversation this evening, but let's say hello to some people because we also got some people watching over on Odyssey as well. We got the R hanging out over there. Light up that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. Thank y'all for hanging out. We also, of course, are on Twitter right now, on DLive, on YouTube as well. And so wherever you are, if there is a like button there, smash it or light it up if you're on Odyssey. So let's start off with YouTube. Matthew Highland here early. What's going on, Matthew Highland? Glad to have you here. Derek McManus in the chat as well. Polar is sucks or Pol Polaris sucks. What's going on? 
Thank you very much for being here. Appreciate it. We got Snort of Poopus Cuber, who says, Hello, homans and other quitters. What's going on, Snort of Poopus? So glad to have you here. We got Forever Sci-Fi in the chat. Hail to you. Late, waiting for Nerdrotic. Laura, what is going on? Thank you for being here. Uh, Tina B, Empress of the Universe, is also in the chat. And as she says, I typically fall about 20 to 30 minutes behind, uh, whether we have a large crowd or not. And every day, it's you never know exactly what kind of crowd that we are going to get. Um, but yes, thank you, Tina, for being here, uh, being one of my Valks, one of my mods. Also, shout out, of course, to Laura for uh, having the wrench as well to take care of any hijinks that might be happening. And Steph should be along a little bit later, I believe. Uh, as Tuesday is normally the day where she uh, comes in just a little bit later because of real-world work, full-time working. Griffin Turbo, what is going on? Thank you for being here. Orange Chat Reviews, hail to you. Says, hail the All-Father. His awesome, beautiful Valkyrie. Absolutely, hail to the Valkyrie. More so to me, hail to the Valkyrie. Father Crystal Miller, hail to you, Father. The chaplain of the channel, thank you very much for being here. And as a member, he also has this to say, Breaking CNN has put Chris Cuomo's show on indefinite suspension. Yeah, because apparently he used his connections and his power to try and dig into the accusers of his brother. Yeah, that's not a conflict of interest at all. That's not a misuse of resources at all. That's not corrupt at all. And yet, at the same time, within the same last couple of days, apparently now on Twitter... You are now no longer allowed to share images of people without their consent. Now, that's a pretty broad explanation, and so I, I can't imagine how that could possibly be abused. It definitely will not be used to take down GIFs and memes and all that other stuff, you know, if someone doesn't like it. It definitely will not be used to take down independent media sources reporting on stories that the mainstream media just doesn't want to cover. Oh, no, there's no way. There's no way that will happen. Ah, nope, no chance, but we'll see. The Craig, Re uh, Craig Lee Lawrence experience, what's going on? Welcome back. Thank you for being here. And by the way, I see a few people have been mentioned this. Thank you for the kind words about the voice. It's still definitely not back at 100%, and it's going to be definitely tough this week to get it back to that point simply because of the fact that I, as you all know, uh, work full-time as a teacher, and so part of my job is to talk for lengths of time, for long lengths of time. And so because of that, it's I have very little time for my voice to actually rest. So we probably won't have a full show, a full 90-minute show tonight. Might get closer to the hour and 15-minute mark instead. We'll see how my voice is holding up by the end of it. But I do thank you for everyone and your kind words and uh, understanding as well when I've had to cancel a couple of streams. Let's see. Craig Lee Lawrence Experience says, Hail, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and a very Merry Christmas coming soon. Yeah, well, thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. Yeah, we had a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving, was able to have some family in town, which was very nice. Um, we ended up getting these cakes from this one place, and we kind of over <laughs> we underestimated exactly how big these cakes were because we were used to just ordering them by the slice at the actual restaurant. So, uh, my mom was like, all right, well, we'll just order two full cakes, not realizing that they were going to be gigantic. So we were only able to get through like less than half of each of the cakes, like maybe three quarters uh, or rather a quarter or like a quarter and a half of each cake. So uh, I made a lot of teachers happy today by bringing a bunch of cakes to school and uh, free food, let alone free sweets for a teacher is like, whew, it is the way to go. 
By the way, also, blessed Advent to everyone out there as well. For those that uh, commemorate Advent, I, again, really do uh, hope that you've had a wonderful beginning of this penitential season and that you are doing certain things. Uh, Some people often forget that it is a penitential season, that it is in a certain way similar to Lent. And I've been doing a lot of research and reading recently about how for centuries uh, it actually was almost exactly like Lent in a lot of ways where there were periods of fasting and abstinence from meat. And uh, it was, again, really interesting just to see kind of the the history of how that adopted and adapted and changed over time. And so I myself am, am going to adopt some of the more traditional practices that have been around for a very long time. Not going full bore yet. I kind of want to you know build myself up to it. Um, but for anyone out there that's interested, I'm doing it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, which has been kind of the standard if you look back into the early practices of the church. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, fasting. So again, limiting the amount of meals and there's more specifics to it. But then also abstaining from meat uh, with the option to do partial abstinence on Mondays and Wednesdays, meaning one of the meals you have can be um, of meat and then uh, the rest of them are not. Whereas with Fridays, it's it's full-fledged absence for me, which is the reason why I was mentioning this on Friday Night Tights, and I don't know if it got fully heard or understood, but that's the reason why the pepperoni pizza on Fridays is going away. I'm going meatless on Fridays uh, from this point forward, so I plan to still have pizza. It'll probably just be plain old cheese pizza because I will also be uh, fasting on those days as well. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but... I know that a lot of people have been uh, always enjoying the massive pepperonis, but that's one of the things that I had been wanting to uh, try to implement starting with Advent, and my plan is to continue it even going uh, forward through and even after uh, Advent as well. So don't worry, the pizza the pizza is still going to be around, all right? The pizza is not going anywhere, but it'll just be a different kind of pizza instead. Uh, Griffin Turbo, thank you for being here. Keck44, hail to you as well. Kara Tharp, what is going on? Welcome back to the chat. Uh, Laura, there she is. Welcome back, Odin. Glad you feel better. Yeah, definitely have been feeling better for a while. As you can tell, the voice is still tired, and it just comes with the territory. It's hard. It's so hard to be able to heal a voice um, when you are a teacher because you just rely on it so much during the school day, and you really don't have a lot of time to rest. So even if I didn't do this stream tonight... I would still be wearing it out tomorrow and it still would end up having relatively the same result as well. Um, so yeah, I, you know, a part of me was wondering, okay, you know, maybe, maybe I could, you know, cancel one more, but I was like, no, it's the last day of November. All right. It's the last day of November, by the way, uh, praying for, uh, all of, uh, anyone who has lost a loved one recently. And I, I see that there was, uh, someone who had mentioned someone who had passed away and I'll, I'll talk about that in a second, but since it is still November, November is a month dedicated to praying for the dead, praying for those that we have lost. And so, uh, I just want to, again, uh, say that I will offer up my prayers, uh, this evening, especially for everyone as a part of the Asgardian community who has lost a loved one at any point in their life, especially recently, and, uh, to pray for them and to pray for their souls. And, uh, speaking of that, uh, we have here from Orange Hat Reviews who says, please say a prayer for the community's friend, JJ Sith Lord 3287. Uh, his passing is a tragic one and he was a friend to many. Uh, I personally, I, I don't think I really knew, uh, Sith Lord, uh, 3287, to be honest. Um, 
Uh, and again, if I if I do, I I remember that there was a JJ around here um, who was a supporter in in the chat for a very long time. I don't know if that's the same one. I don't think it is the same one uh, since you had mentioned the other name, Sith Lord. But uh, obviously, I will absolutely keep him in in my prayers, and uh, I pray that the entire community uh, also, again, especially with today being the last day of November, to offer up prayers for him and for all of the other uh, dead as well. So thank you for for sharing that with me, and I definitely will be adding that to my prayers. Rosie G12, what's going on? Thank you for being here. We got Peter Martin coming in from Tasmania. Hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. We got Evan S. saying, Hail Odin, won't be here long tonight, having my pastor over for dinner for this evening, making venison tenderloin. Ooh, very nice. Very, very nice. Joey Horn, what is going on? Good sir, hail to you. Thank you for being in the chat. Crisco, what's going on? Good sir, tagging and saying, Encanto was a solid Disney movie, in my opinion. Maybe their best in the last five years, not counting Pixar. Yeah, and I, I've been hearing that from some people. I've, I've heard a lot of even-headed people, because Crisco is definitely one of the more even-headed, uh, as he is, he is again, a firm member of the Asgardian community. And it, I, I've been hearing that from a lot of people. That is a solid film. And so when I say that the movie is flopping or is failing, and I take any joy in that, it's not because I think the movie's terrible, because I haven't seen the movie. It's not because I want the film to fail on its own merits, because, again, I haven't seen it to be able to even form an opinion on that. What I'm merely doing is is pointing out, one, the factual reality of what's going on based on the numbers that we have, based on the numbers that we have available, based on the numbers that are being reported. And, and secondly, because as you all know, I've got some issues with Disney, right? I got some beef with Disney because they, for years now, have been putting out mostly, um, you know, derivative content, unoriginal content sequel, remake, reboot, nonstop. And it's very rarely that they put out anything original. And I always want to commend them when they, or any studio for that matter, when they put out something that's original, because it's a very rare thing that we see in the modern day Hollywood structure, especially from Disney. But then I also just cannot forget the fact that Disney has been caught and has been found wanting for some reason, I wanted to go the route of the a Knight's Tale quote. You've been weighed, you've been measured, and you've been found wanting. And that is exactly what's been happening to Disney, is that it was just, again, uncovered, and then also kind of swept under the rug a little bit, right? People kind of just wanted to forget about it, that they work hand-in-hand hand with the Chinese communist, and that their filming of Mulan was very closely connected with some of, at least in physical location of some of the places, of where some of the Uyghur concentration camps in that country are going on. So I, I, I'm going to want a company like that, that that's working with a tyrannical regime that's leading to the, the death of countless numbers of innocent people, the loss of countless numbers of innocent people to, to fail. And again, it has nothing to do with the merits of, of Encanto, but more so the bottom line of the impact that it has on the company of, of Disney itself. And also, and this is most importantly, because those are just what the numbers are saying. You know, we got to always try and get our emotions out of it as much as we possibly can. And that's something where I always try and do the very best that I can to be as objective as I can with any bit of reporting that I do. So even if I show a sense of, of joy or emotion towards something, if the numbers state something, I'm going to state what the numbers state. 
I mean, that's the reason why I even said, right, when, when talking about No Time to Die, right, the, the latest James Bond film, when those initial numbers came out, everything was indicating that that film was going to be a massive flop. The projections that I made said that that film was going to be a massive flop based on the numbers. And yet, where are we now? The film has crossed the break-even number. The, the, the film has reached the point of profitability. And I definitely never didn't see that coming. And most people covering the box office could not have seen that coming when you looked at those initial numbers either. It's still kind of mind-boggling in a lot of ways. So, again, I, I wasn't a fan of the movie, but those are just the numbers as they are being reported and what we have available to us. So, again, numbers are numbers. And sometimes people just, for some reason, just can't quite handle that. Anyway, ZK Man, what's going on? Uh, Innovator Setsuna, what's going on? Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. Derek McManus tagged to say, uh, I'd like to discuss Kong 33 sometime at your convenience. <laughs> Kong 33, do you mean like the latest Kong? Is that what you meant? Uh, let's see, Laura says, like as I watched 38 seconds of Wheel of Time, Amazon's new fantasy series, lead actress said that men can't be trusted with magic, so I cut it off. Well, that explains why as only lasted about 38 seconds on on that show. Um, it is interesting, though, because there was someone else in our community that I did see a random post by uh, on, on Twitter, and they said that it took them like four episodes, and then after the, like, getting four episodes in, they felt that the show found a rhythm that they were able to start enjoying it. So I typically don't like shows like that. You know, anytime someone says, oh, well, you got to get through the first season because everything else after the first season is great. I'm like, okay, no, if you don't have a good first season, then, then to me, you just, you don't have a good show. I'm not going to struggle through and suffer through a, a bad or just not entertaining first season to get to later seasons that uh, you say are better, but based on what I have available to me, this just does not seem to be likely, at least uh, how I personally would, would view them. You might think they're great, but for me, may not be as much. All right, over on Odyssey, Vincent Womack is over there as well. And the R, thank you very much for the $3 hyper chat. I really do appreciate you. Uh, always being very supportive over on Odyssey. Uh, he says here, uh, plain pizza is not pizza. Well, I think the R, if we do break down the definition of what pizza is, it is still pizza. Though I do understand and generally accept your overall sentiment. <laughs> uh, about uh, as far as, you know, what real pizza actually is. But thank you for the hyper chat, man. I appreciate it. And then Vincent Womack tagged to say, my apologies, had thought that Ryan was going to stream now and I was waiting on him. Totally forgot you are streaming. Well, hey, Vincent Womack, I'm, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you've decided to join my stream instead. You're awesome. I appreciate it, man. Let's see. The Jinx One, what's going on? Thank you for being in the chat. Uh, let's see. Bolski. What's going on, Bolsky? says, voice sounds so much better. Glad you're feeling it. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's definitely still uh, not at the top of its game, but it's definitely a lot better than it was. If you listen back to Friday Night Sights especially, oh, Lord, it was awful. It was pretty bad. Keely Chow, what is going on? Welcome. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Jack, tag to say, the last time I was at a movie theater of my own volition was about 10 years ago. What have I missed? Dang, dude. 
That's a pretty long time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I personally uh, have been back several times. Uh, I think Nobody was a great film to see in a theater. It's one of my favorite films of this past year with Bob Odenkirk. Uh, I was a big fan this year of A Quiet Place Part Two. Big fan of The Green Knight, which I know is a little divisive amongst <laughs> some people in our community. Much love to you all. Uh, I'm trying to think about what else came out in theaters uh, more recently that I that I found myself enjoying. Um, Dune was also, I think, a pretty cool experience in IMAX, uh, despite my thoughts about the actual the story of the movie itself. Um, but no, I think there have been some pretty good films, at least that have come out this past year. And if you say the last 10 years, I mean, now you're including a lot of other films, um, which I, I can't even remember all the films I've enjoyed in the last 10 years, but there's been a lot. Uh, and I, I forget exactly where I ended, but if you go to my website, OMBreviews.com, I have a breakdown of different years, like different uh, movie grades based on year. And they're incomplete. I still have so many other films that I could put in there, but just haven't had time to do or haven't thought about or, you know, you know things like that. And uh, there again, I think there are a lot of really, really solid films that have come out over uh, this length of time. But man, yeah. Uh, sorry to hear. They haven't been back in a theater in a long time. A lot of the stuff coming out nowadays is definitely crap. It's definitely not worth it. But there are definitely some pretty good stuff. There's definitely some pretty good stuff there. Uh, Bolski, I'm already there, dude. Bro, I'm on Mines. I'm on Gab. I'm on Locals. I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere, bro. Um, and it's one of the things that I think drives some people crazy because I'm always like, hey, check out all these different links. Um, and, you know, check all these different places. For me, it, it, it comes down to... If you want to watch me on Rumble, hey, I upload to Rumble. If you want to watch me on Odyssey, hey, I upload to Odyssey. If you want to watch me on Minds, I upload my videos to Minds as well. Um, and that is understanding that when it comes to Minds, there's no monetization options really over there. Odyssey, there's really no monetization. People can donate uh, the cryptocurrencies over there and can make donations uh, of the videos themselves too. But you know, in, in the end, right? I, I, I love giving people options. You know, and, and, you know, speaking of that, you know, as I've mentioned for a very long time, I, I do this because it's fun. I do this because I have a, a lot of fun with this. If I was, if I was doing this, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, it's always fun to kind of be put into and, and to be made a part of a lot of other channels or to be associated with other channels and, and to be said, oh, well, you're just grifting for the sake of grifting. It's like, bro, if I wanted to grift, and I, I wanted my, my channel to be huge. Believe me, there's a lot of things that I could be doing that could help with that, right? I, I could be going the full clickbait route. I could be talking about a thousand stories a day uh, of things I don't care about, of, of things I have no interest in whatsoever. I could go that route, right? And for some people, that that's what they want to do. That's what they want to cover. And so I'm not knocking anyone that does that. But I do this for fun. So literally every day, uh, has been my routine uh, since since the beginning of school. What I do is I wake up a little bit earlier. I I see what's going on in the world of the box office because that's kind of my interest. That that's <laughs> that's where I like to live. Is just in numbers and box office because I just I I get it. I understand it. And I you know add commentary. And a lot of people seem to like it. There's some people that don't. And at the end of the day, I'm having fun. So if I'm having fun and my Asgardian family is having fun and we're all having fun together, that, that's what's important to me. 
Let's see. Forever Sci-Fi. Twitter is a leftist sewer. Leave them to their sewer. Yes, this is very true. The unfortunate thing, of course, is that it is also one of the only it's it's one of the top places still to to reach out to a lot of people. Right. If I if I were to shut down my Twitter, there are a lot of people that are exclusively are on Twitter that I would lose that I would lose access to. Uh, for instance, uh, talking just about Friday Night Sites, one of our primary ways of communications is actually through uh, Twitter messages. So obviously, that's just not really in the cards for me. But because I do have already accounts set up on Gab, accounts set up on Mines, uh, accounts set up through Locals as well, and am willing to look into a lot of other alt tech platforms, especially ones based on uh, blockchain technology, because that's just stuff that fascinates me. And I think it is really, really cool. And I love decentralized networks. I think that because of that, you know, uh, if for any reason I did get nuked off Twitter or Twitter did shut down or something like that, I'd have no problem moving to another platform because I'm already there. I'm already at uh, the mo- to me, the most viable of all the platforms. I know that like there's this new one that's called Getter. Technically, I am over on Getter as well, but I just don't think there's a lot of, of potential there personally. See, Father says, part of Odin's job is to talk and yell at disobedient students. Yeah, I really don't do a whole lot of yelling, to be honest, which I think is, is a kudos to the students and to the, the culture that exists. Alex says, does this mean I can't meme Ryan or Drunk3P on Twitter anymore? My guess is that it means that if... They report you and they say the reasoning why is because they're you're using their image without them. I theoretically I would say, yeah, based on the uh, general reading of the new rule, it seems like that is the case. Rob D says, watching Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. I really like the first one, but never seen this one. Ooh, yeah, I've I've heard uh terrible things about that. By the way, some comments are being skipped. I apologize. That is a YouTube and restream issue, unfortunately. Um, I know that I think it was uh, StreamYard. They just announced that their chat is now going to allow for more chats to be saved. Really hoping that Restream takes a note from that and uh, allows the same type of storage here as well. Let's see. Father says, do you give demerits or infractions in class to no-nos? We give demerits and I used to give out. Um, yeah, I mean, we have uh, we have a system, but I don't really give them out, to be honest. It's not really something that I've ever really had to do. I've, I think I've given out one or two in the the several years now that I've been where I am. And it really comes down to us having a lot of really uh, good students, a lot of really good kids. And and the last time I can really even remember giving any type of disciplinary uh, action, like as far as like, uh, we don't call it demerits, it's just their discipline points. So we have these little sheets that help calculate discipline points. Um, was when a student walked in and and yelled a, an expletive at, at the top of his lungs. So it was like, okay, well, bro, you, you've given me really no no option here. And even then, I didn't even write him up. I just sent him out. I was like, all right, get out. Because um, it's like, I don't, I don't have any tolerance for that. Let's see. Uh, Rosie G12 says, I'm fasting too for... Dude, Rosie, that's awesome. Yeah, one of the things that... Um, and I've had a lot of people helping me out with this too, who have been helping me uh, through it. Uh, a member on the channel contacted me. I think his name was David. Uh, he emailed me and helped me kind of go through that. Uh, a couple of people on uh, who, who I contact and, and speak with on Twitter, but are other uh, major Catholic uh, personalities, traditional Catholic personalities 
who I'm, uh, I've been big fans of. And the fact that I'm, you know, in a conversation with them at all is just awesome. And uh, so shout out to y'all. And they have also been helping me with the historical information, you know, sending me articles and stuff and, and helping me prepare for a, a, a much more rigorous advent, which is, again, something I think we, you know, we need a lot more of in our current day and age. We need more fasting. Uh, Joey Horn says, I hadn't planned to fast for Advent, but I'm thinking I may start it tomorrow. Yeah, again, it's something where we're not bound to, but it's encouraged, right? Uh, even Christ himself in scripture says, you know, certain demons can only be uh, driven out through prayer and fasting. So fasting has been, always has been seen as a very powerful uh, spiritual tool. And uh, we don't do enough of it, I think. Jeremy Skowski, have some pineapple pizza. You know you want to. No. Uh, I'll have cheese pizza, but I'm not substituting my pepperoni for pineapple because that is anathema. Evan S says, glad to hear your desire to abstain from meat on Fridays. We will get you up to the Greek Orthodox Lenten fast in a few years. Well, my hope is that with Advent, I'll do the fasting and abstinence from meat on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then I'll continue the Friday abstinence after that so that with Lent coming up, I can try and do a variation of basically every day there being something, um, whether it is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, fasting and abstinence, and then the off days just being abstinence. Um, but yeah, I would I would love to build up to that. Would love to build up to that. Rosie G says, Odin, try running a humidifier in your bedroom for your throat if you're not doing that already. Yeah, we haven't been doing that uh, at this point, uh, mostly because I've had a lot of post-nasal and so I don't know if humidifier really helps with that or not. Again, I'm kind of an idiot with that stuff because I, I very rarely get sick. But um, that's been the reason why my voice has been trash. And again, I apologize if some comments are getting skipped, but uh, the chat is kind of jumping up on me. Uh, Slicer says, you win no shave November. My own face gets way too itchy to have a beard. Plus, it gets my face so hot when I grow it out. Beards and sensitive skin do not mix. Yeah, man. Sorry to hear that. Uh, but obviously, I, I did not start growing my out at the beginning of the month. So I already kind of had, had a head start. Soul Assassin, what's going on? Uh, Nathan Slay, what's going on? Cosmo James in the chat, hail to you. Thank you for being here today. Uh, I very much appreciate it. All righty. Let's see if I can get down these comments real quick. Derek McManus, thank you very much for the Sasa Super Chat. Says there, uh, Kong 33, the original. So 1933. Okay, when you said Kong 33, I'm like... It sounds like movie 43 or something. Does sound weird, but yeah, you meant so Godzilla 1933. Yeah, I I feel like I've seen it. Um actually no, wasn't yeah, wasn't that one of the films that I watched and did a review on as well? It's been a long long uh past past few weeks especially, but especially past few months. So I sometimes even forget the things that I've seen. Uh, let's see. Wafer Nadrotic says, I would be more patient with the Wheel of Time series, but there are too many other options. Yeah, there's tons of options right now. And you know what? Why not? As we I saw some of the Wheel of Time, didn't hate it, but it didn't wow me. It was just a show. I would expect that kind of answer from you, Alex McCarthy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Brian K says, good to see your voice coming back. Thank you, man. Yeah, who knows where it'll be by the end of the stream, but definitely better than what it was for sure. Uh, Bruce says, I'm digging the semi-ASMR stream tonight. I don't know about the ASMR, but, uh, you know, if, if, if it makes you happy, then okay. 
All right, let's see. Glenn Cottingham, he tagged and said, looks like Eternals has been tracking to finish 30 million behind Venom 2 domestically, probably around 178. Internationally, number are grinding. Where do you think it tops out? Yeah, um, International is such a, it, it, it's such a crapshoot right now because you have a crazy film like No Time to Die making over 600 million internationally, which is insane. But then you have the vast majority of other films vastly underperforming. I mean, Venom 2, right? Venom 2 is on par domestically with the first Venom film. It's very close. Whereas in the international market, it's not anywhere close. So it's a very weird marketplace in the international scene right now. So it's really hard for me to really predict as far as where it ends specifically in that location. But if I had to guess on where the film uh, tops out uh, completely, I think it's going to come in underneath Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi is around $425, $430 million worldwide. I think it comes in underneath that, but comes in over the $380 or so million that Black Widow had. That, that's where I would see it uh, capping out, personally. But obviously, I'll look at those numbers again over the weekend and uh, see if it's gotten any closer. Uh, Hannibal Grimm, tag to say, we have a T-Rex. It goes fossy, fossy, fossy. Of course it does. Uh, Evan S. says here, please try to go to the post office this week. Evan S., I will do the very best that I can, man. But as you know, I am very, very busy. And uh, being sick has obviously not helped with that with the holiday. Um, what I can say is that because of stamps.com, I was able to uh, get all of the giveaways from recently shipped out so the last of that set was put out today uh so if you have won anything recently all of those have been sent out i am still waiting on a couple of people so awesome one you won a giveaway last stream and i I asked you to email me and you never did so awesome one i don't know if you're listening to this now or later but please make sure that you contact me so that way i can get your shipping information so that way i can send you your prize and then uh also uh, we had another winner over, we had a couple winners actually over on, uh, discord that have not contacted me. Jonathan Carney, you won and Andrew Hoyle, you also won. So, uh, make sure y'all check that, uh, and check and see what's available still for those giveaways. So that way I can get you, uh, <laughs> so that way I can get you, get those out and sent to y'all. But for everyone else, uh, everything has now been sent out. So expect it over the next week or two because it's being sent via media mail, which depends. Darwin James, what's going on? Welcome back. Appreciate you being here. Nathan Slade, tag to say, good evening. Sorry if your voice is feeling off. At least that's how it sounds. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's usually pretty clear when the voice is off. Stephanie B, what's going on? The general of my Valks, she is back in action. Super, what's going on? How is it going? What is up, my dude? Let's see. Daniel Thorne in the chat. What's going on, Daniel Thorne over on DLive? Thank you for being here. David L. Exactly. You know, I could go that route, right? I could do the, I need your help. I'm under attack. But that's just not what I do. It's just not my thing. Let's see. Favorite Thanksgiving food slash dessert, says Daniel Thorne. So in New Orleans, we have what's known as oyster dressing. Basically, it's a type of stuffing uh, featuring oysters, and it is delicious. So I really like that. Uh, Mashed sweet potato is also a pretty great staple as well. 
And as far as the dessert goes, pumpkin pie. Mm-mm. Pumpkin pie, preferably with some whipped cream. Makes me very happy. Uh, Nathan Slay, uh, just for the sake of my voice, glad that you enjoyed Joker. It's a great film. It is really a great film. Uh, Kara Tharp watched OG, uh, 04 King Arthur, 90s version of Little Women during Thanksgiving. Nice, Kara. Very nice. Lando Calrissian in the chat. What's going on, Lando? Says disciplinary Odin sounds hot. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. That's a little disturbing, uh, Lando. You make me feel a little uncomfortable with that comment. Uh, Mark Lissette, what's going on? Hail to you. Thank you for being here. By the way, David L. was the one who reached out trying to help me uh, figure out the fasting and abstinence from meat during this season of Advent. So appreciate you, good sir, for reaching out. Let's see. Burst Angel says, you should check out one of the four horsemen of meaning over at Jordan Peterson's channel. Bishop Barron did a decent job with the conversation. His talk with Jonathan Pragu was uh, was awesome. Yeah, I mean... I, I like a lot of what I like a lot of the uh, there's a lot of videos out there of Jordan Peterson and I like a lot of them for his commentary, but uh, yeah, B- Bishop Barron I I have a bit of a mixed relationship with because as great as a lot of his videos have been on a variety of topics, he has also failed miserably on others. For instance, an interview he did with Ben Shapiro where Ben asks him point blank, you know, are you saying that I will not be saved? And instead of using that as a as a chance to evangelize, right? You know, obviously to do so in in a tasteful manner, but still to evangelize, right? To still tell the truth, he instead kind of box and gives a very let's just say a very Vatican II answer, which has unfortunately plagued the church for a very very long time at this point. Let's see. Brian K says, I've been fasting meat on Friday, every Friday throughout the year for several years. Yeah, man. And that's something that I know I've been wanting to build myself up to. So uh, Advent has is going to be that that time where I try to build up to that uh, for sure. All right. Heading over to Odyssey. Uh, Vincent Womack says, first season, I can forgive for the new shows and characters if the rest of the, sh- if the, rest of the show is enjoyable. And then says, Star Trek Deep Space Nine is a great example. And then the R says, my favorite show that a crap first season was Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, Visit Womack then says, make or have the wife make traditional Napoli pizza. 100% flour, 57 to 80% water, depending on oven. 3% salt, 0.2% fresh yeast. The best and only pizza I make. Nice. That sounds pretty great, Vincent. I feel like you should uh, make, <laughs> make it for me. Uh, and lastly, did you have your tea yet? Not tonight. If not have my tea, I will probably have tea after the stream. I just am not a fan of tea. If you've been following me on social media, I was asking people for, you know, as someone who is not a big tea person, do you have recommendations? And um, I got a lot of recommendations and, and I've tried a couple of teas. It's just not really my thing because it's just flavored water. I don't like hot things in general too. So it's, yeah, it's a bit of a hard sell for me. But uh, my wife was able to pick up some different kinds of teas, like a uh, pumpkin spice flavored tea. Uh, and so I'm going to add that with some le- uh, with uh, some honey. And hopefully that is a good option. All right. Anyway, we'll go ahead now and jump into uh, what I was going to talk about tonight since I've been able to catch up with the stream a little bit. 
And that is, of course, some of the box office news. So Encanto, of course, came out over this Thanksgiving holiday frame and has only to this point made $67.2 million. Now, the reason why this number is incredibly weak is for a couple reasons. One, the box office uh, budget, or rather the budget for this film, is estimated to be around $120 to $150 million. So once again, another massive Disney project. It's just insane to me that Disney, for some reason, just cannot put out good, solid products for half the money. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. So I really hope that, you know, not just Disney, but but just studios in general start to realize, hey, wait a minute, we don't have to spend this insane amount of money every single darn time for a movie. It just, it, it ticks me off because I look at it and I say, I've seen so many better films, including animated films made for such less money. A great example of this, and I don't know and remember exactly how much uh, money the uh, the film actually made, uh, or either how much it cost, but anyone who has seen this, hopefully, knows what I'm talking about here. Um, so Klaus was a great, great film. And let's see, this film only cost $40 million. $40 million. Dollars, And that was back in 2019. 2019, this film was made. So Klaus, which is a fantastic film, not to mention a, 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 a fantastic Christmas film, again, is an animated movie. Again, it's full, it's full-blown animation. And it was only made for $40 million. Produced by uh, Sergio Pablo's uh, animation Studios says here that the traditionally animated film, so a traditionally animated film there. Let me see if I can find more information about the actual uh, process of production to see if we can find it. Let's see. But for the film's look, the studio sought to overcome some of the technical limitations that traditional animation had, focusing on organic and volumetric lighting and texturing to give the film a unique look while maintaining a handcrafted feel. Proprietary tools from Les Films de Poisson Rouge a French company, were used to allow the team to produce a variety of visual development styles aiming to get away from the standardized style of characters looking like stickers put on painted backgrounds. So it looks like they used kind of a mixture of different styles of uh, of animation here. But again, it's an animated film. They were unique in their approach with it, and it only cost them $40 million. This just goes to show you can make a solid, fantastic animated film for far less than half. So going back to Encanto, right? One of the first issues with it is that it costs 120 to $150 million. So that already is going to kind of handicap it because it's already going to require the film make between 300 and 375 million just to be able to break even. You then add on top of that, comparing it to other films where I think the, the closest one that we can compare this to really would actually be Coco. So let me take Moana out of it, but I think Moana also makes a pretty uh, it makes a pretty good uh, case there uh, to be made as well. So Coco, right? A direct comparison because they're both spent. They're both uh, geared towards Spanish and uh, 
Hispanic uh, populations, right? Obviously, that's clearly their their indication there. And what do we see? Domestic opening weekend, Coco made twice as much. Right now, Encanto is not likely going to get anywhere close to the $214 million that was made by Coco. You add on top of that the international box office, Coco made $599 million internationally, whereas Encanto so far has made only 25.5. When you do day and day comparisons, this is uh, adjusted for inflation, Encanto is about half almost every day of its release so far of what Coco did. So if that number continues, okay, if it still runs 50% behind where Coco was, okay, that means that the film's going to make what? A little over $100 million, maybe? That's not a very good look. That 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 doesn't have a, a very good uh, you know, sign to it. And then let's go ahead and look into Coco itself. You know, where did Coco do best amongst the various audiences? Well, first off, <laughs> huge shout out to China, who Disney loves to work with. But also, look, $57 million from Mexico. Big release in Japan, in France, in the UK. So it was able to do big amounts of money in a wide variety of countries. But it also had, again, the big China monster supporting it as well. If we go to the actual opening weekend in these various countries, in Mexico, the film opened up to $9.1 million. $9.1 million. For Encanto, the film's opening weekend in Mexico, by comparison, was around $1.5 million. Or rather, it's only made $1.5 million so far in Mexico. So this film is, again, not only incredibly behind domestically, but also is incredibly behind in almost every other category. I mean, 907,000 in Germany, 1.5 in Japan, 1.5 in Mexico, 1.6 in Spain. These are very low numbers compared to the others. And compared to the box office opening weekends of Coco, it's not even close. So if this film continues to track 50% behind Coco, right? I think that's a very, uh, it's a good film to compare this, this other film to. 50% behind Coco domestically. Uh, 50% or more behind where it is internationally. There's just really no way at this point that this film is going to be able to make any of its money back. And so in my box office breakdown video that I did the other day, I talked about, right, where this film currently stands. And obviously, the Weekend 2 numbers will give us a good indication, right, because I like to base a lot of things off of the Week 2 drop-off number. But this film, right, at the $120 million mark, the break-even number is $300 million. If it ends up being closer to the $150 million that Variety reports this film having cost, that means that it has to make $375 million to break even. So, so this is a movie that as of right now is at negative 138. And I just don't see a world in which this film makes a crazy amount of money. And even if it does get a China release, and even if it does do well in China for a pandemic release, to say that it's going to make 177 or so million that it made in 
China for a film like Coco, 177.8, it's just unrealistic because of just the very lack of positive reactions and, and huge word of mouth. Now, that's not to say that it's not getting good reviews, by the way, because it is getting some positive feedback. There are people, someone in this stream already said that they liked it, but it's not getting the crazy rave reviews that we saw films like Coco or Moana get, right? Coco and Moana were able to be massive hits, massive hits. Encanto, not looking like it's going to be in the same category. All the while, when you have a film like Encanto doing terribly, look and see how close here. Ghostbusters Afterlife in its second weekend, look how close this was to beating Encanto its opening weekend. And remember, both of these films were dealing with a lot of money being spent over that Thanksgiving break, over those first few days of Thanksgiving. It came in only about $3 million behind Encanto. So Ghostbusters Afterlife's second weekend, only about $3 million behind where Encanto came in at its first weekend. This is not a very good number for Disney. Disney should be incredibly concerned by this. Because this indicates yet another paltry domestic release. And the early numbers are indicating quite another issue and quite another problem for Encanto in the international market as well. Whereas with Ghostbusters Afterlife, it still has a little ways to go to break even. But it's in a lot better position because guess what? This film not only is doing better domestically than where Encanto seems to be going. But more importantly, this film only costs $75 million to make. Which, think about that for a second. Ghostbusters Afterlife, which has some pretty decent effects, not the best in the world, but pretty decent effects, etc., costs $75 million to make. How in the hell did Ghostbusters, how in the hell did Encanto cost almost twice as, more, twice as much? And if we're going to say, oh, it's because of the animation, why in the world is, is this animation costing so much? Especially when we live in a world where a film like Klaus exists, which was just made a couple of years ago, that only costs $40 million to make. To me, there's just no reason. There's just no excuse whatsoever for this film and for the animations coming from Disney to cost the amount of money that it is. It seems to me like they're wasting money somewhere that this money is being thrown away at some point down the line, at some point in the equation. And I don't know exactly where it is going. But anyway, a little bit about Encanto and the Thanksgiving box office. And of course, if there's something else that you want to talk about, just let me know. Uh, but my voice is starting to get tired, so definitely looking uh, around the uh, hour and 15-minute mark to probably call it a night. So about 20 minutes. Got about 20 minutes left. All right, let me start off with my YouTube comments so I don't get fall behind, and then I'll jump back over to Odyssey as well. Let's see. Alice McCarthy says, it probably also doesn't shock you that I like Hawkeye. Of course you do. Of course you do. I will say this much. I don't hate Hawkeye as much as the others on Friday Night Tights do. It definitely has issues, though. My biggest issue with it, and I think this is a pretty big issue, is the fact that, wait a minute, you're telling me that her origin story is that her apartment got trashed and she just so happened to see Hawkeye shooting an arrow one time 
and that's what made her want to become an archer. Like, I don't know, that, that just seems like the dumbest origin story that, that could be thought of, you know? Like, it would make a lot more sense if she was the daughter of uh, Hawkeye. That would make more sense for a uh, someone who's going to take over the mantle of that character, right? If it's the daughter, because then you have someone who's being born and raised with this person, seeing this person, learning the skills from this person, and it makes sense. Whereas it's like, wait a minute, why does she even like our archery? Is it again seriously? Is it just because of the fact that there is this one moment where she sees a random Avenger from an incredibly far distance shooting an arrow, and that was like, oh, guess what I want to do? I want to shoot a bow and arrow. It's stupid. Uh, Crisco, any thoughts on the Spider-Man pre-sales? Um, I haven't looked at them, but I will say this much: pre-sales don't mean a whole lot. And if if you want evidence of that, go back to Solo A Star Story. Solo A Star Story had incredibly strong pre-sales. And everyone and their mother was saying, oh man, it's tracking this far ahead of this movie and this far ahead of this movie. And that film ended up being a massive flop. Now, I don't think that's going to happen for Spider-Man, by the way. Spider-Man, I think, is going to... I'm assuming it's having strong pre-sales. Um, but it also is helped by the fact that it's not a pure Marvel product. It is a Sony Marvel product. And uh, someone in the chat actually did a good job on this, pointing out that because of the contract with Disney, Disney only fronts 25% of the uh, cost and therefore only gets 25% return on the investment. So they're not going to get a huge chunk of the money that's going to be made by that movie. Sony is going to get the vast majority of that money. Uh, but anyway, Derek says, Invitation Stands, a review discussion of King Kong 1933, but we can discuss the other movies as well. Do you mean like on, on your channel? I, I, I don't really like people asking me through comments. Uh, if you mean something like that, please DM or, you know, like that. Don't, don't, don't do it out here. <laughs> it's just... It's not good form. Daniel Thorne says you have to try some licorice pizza. It's delicious. That sounds terrible. No, that sounds that sounds disgusting. No, thank you. Let's see. Tina says uh, told uh, Alex told you he really liked Wrath of Man, and I joked that you might start wondering since you always question his taste in movies. Thank you, Mister's comment. Probably did, uh, but no. Whenever he likes a movie that's good, I think that. Is I think that absolutely is indicative of how good the film actually is. <laughs> so, uh, Snort of Poopus uh, says, I'm glad I didn't win anything. I'd have to have to remember my address, says Snort of Poopus. <laughs> uh, Dark Shadow Logan, what's going on, dude? Hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. Let's see. Laura says, thanks for the Ron recommendation. What's next? Seven Samurai. Bro, Seven Samurai is so freaking good. Definitely watch that if you've not seen it yet. But Ron is fantastic. And by the way, uh, check your local Best Buy if you want one of the coolest looking uh, 4K steelbooks that I've seen. This thing looks fantastic. Also, the, uh, the transfer they did on this film actually looks pretty good. And one of the special features on this is the actual restoration process. They actually go through their methodology as to why and, and and how they made the decisions they did. And basically they focus on the colors in the sequences and really trying to make the colors pop. 
in their rendering, and it looks pretty darn good, I will say, uh, from from the little that I've seen of the actual transfer, because I haven't had a lot of time to watch uh, through it all, but I've been able to scan through it, and it, it looks pretty darn good. So, uh, but it's a beautiful steel book. I recommend it for, uh, for sure. See, uh, Marbadog says, thank you for all you do, faith, family, and film report. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, I try and cover all of those things as much as I can, um, but I, I do appreciate uh, I do appreciate that comment. Thank you. Auto Rocks, what's going on over on DLive? Uh, yeah, I just, again, I'm, I'm not much of a tea person, though. It's just never really been my cup of tea, pun intending. Uh, David L. says, just wait until you give up meat for Fridays and you do FNT with cheese pizza like I do. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I did say it on the last stream at the end of the last stream, but I'm sure that there'll be some people who missed that saying, wait, where's all the pepperoni? Uh, and I take it as a moment to, I take it as a time to evangelize, you know, it may not reach anybody. It may reach one person, but Hey, it's a, Hey, by the way, there's a, a penitential season going on right now called Advent. And it's, it's worth making these small, again, incredibly small sacrifice. When you break it down, not having pepperoni on a pizza one day a week for me, at least it, it, it's again, that, that is such an incredibly small sacrifice <laughs> to make, you know? So, uh, but if that one thing can, can lead someone, uh, down a, a path, down a spiritual path, you know, I think it's worth it. So Heal says tickets for no way home have been selling like crazy. All the major websites have crashed. Now, do you think the film will do domestically? Oh, no. I, I think that that film is getting set up to be one of the biggest uh, successes of the year. I would not be surprised if that film did uh, a billion dollars. I really, I really, at this point, I think it, it's very much um, a done deal. The, the only issue that it might have is internationally. And I only say that because what do we, what do we have going on right now? There's now all this push going on and fear-mongering going on because of this new variant. And I guarantee you'll see countries that are already shutting down travel. It's not going to be long before we see these countries shutting down so many other things, right? And do not be surprised if we start to see shutting down of businesses, shutting down of various parts of our everyday life that we've already seen countless other times before in other places. So... Because of that, that is the only reason I can think of where you could see some trouble for the movie. And it's internationally. I think domestically, since you have uh, you know the various states of our country and you have a lot more states that are commonsensical, approachable, uh, common sense approach versus the crazy tyranny you find in places like New York. Because of that, I think you will still see numbers stay about the same. So I would not be surprised if the film is able to be the highest grossing uh, domestic release of the year. So three to 400 million domestically, I could see it doing that. And then internationally, it depends. Right now, the ceiling is around $600 million because that's what No Time to Die has made internationally. So I would say that this film has a chance to do as well as 600 million, maybe more, but could also end up falling prey to lockdowns in various countries and that could easily lead to the film not doing as well internationally. So it depends. It really does depend. Now, I have not done any break-even numbers for that movie yet, 
But uh, based on early estimates, it does seem like the film has a pretty good chance to do uh, well at the box office. Uh, Glenn Cottingham, hope you are doing well, good sir. Vader's Virginity, interesting name there, but welcome to the channel. Uh, K-Man, thanks for being here as well. Really do appreciate it. Um, Let's see. And again, I apologize if any comments get skipped. I do know I have a couple of super chats to get to, and I'm going to try and wait for them to uh, get highlighted uh, in the uh, chat here. Uh, Tina says, quit saying, Coco, you're pushing Stephanie B over the edge. You know her nephews had her watch it 100 times until they outgrew it. Yes, I do remember. I do think that it's still one of the better films that they've made recently. Uh, Andrew Hayes says, my brother, his wife and their kids went and saw Encanto last weekend. He told me what the story was, and it sounded like a woke Hollywood story for kids. Not the best look, in my opinion. And I've heard other people say that it's not woke. So again, I've heard mixed things about it. And so that's why, to me, the issue with the film is not necessarily the story. I think it's 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 mostly just people are tired of it's, it's several reasons. For one, pandemic. Pandemic is a part of it. There's, there's no doubt about it. Pandemic is a part of every single film and every single equation you come up with. But at the same time, it is also, I think, indicative of how these films are just kind of growing old. You know, the animation styles are not really adapting in any way. The, the animation styles are not growing. They've become rather stagnant. They're, they're not really innovating at all. And so I can understand why people are saying, yeah, you know what? I, I don't really want to bring my kids to that because it just looks like the same old crap. And not to mention, Disney shot themselves in the foot because guess where it ends up on Christmas Eve? Disney Plus for free. So if I was a family and I was looking at the, the Thanksgiving box office, I'd say, hey, let's go see Ghostbusters Afterlife because, hey, all we have to do is wait until Christmas for this film to be available and we can watch it at home instead. So I wouldn't be surprised if that had a major impact on it as well. See, David L., thank you for the $5. That's a super chat. says, Encanto sounds too much like a menopause drug that would be constantly advertised on television. <laughs> It kind of does. It kind of does. Unless if I didn't have a, a basic knowledge of Spanish, I, I think that I would definitely see that a bit more than, than maybe you or others do. Uh, but yeah, point well taken for sure. All right. Over on the Odyssey fam. Let's see. Vincent Womack says, vegans, vegetarians use mushrooms as substitute for meat. You give that a try. I have tried mushrooms before and I, I just don't like it. Uh, there's just something about the texture of it that that makes me sick. Uh, Vincent Womack says, shut down country. Welcome to my world. Yeah, seriously, man. Uh, Jacques Lesauve, what's going on? Uh, Womack says, Europe has 44 confirmed cases of the Omicron. Yes. Yeah, let's not even talk about their uh, skipping over a couple of the letters. So I believe the two letters that were skipped, because there have been other variants that just haven't got as much attention, but... Basically, the two that they have confirmed they skipped was the new, because it sounded too much like N-E-W new, and the, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but the X-I, like, again, I just pronounce it like the uh, communist overlord, G. 
over in China. And they skipped over that because their reasoning was, well, it's a very common name over in China. We don't want to offend anybody. It's like, no, no, no. Let's be honest here. You did not want to offend your communist Chinese overlord who is running things. That is the reason why. Uh, But anyway, those were the two that were skipped to get us to Omicron. So there had been so many other, uh, was it uh, C? Someone says C is is how it's uh, pronounced, I guess. But yeah, so they skipped over new because they didn't just want it to be called the new strain, even though, let's just be honest, that's the only accurate thing about any of that would be to say, yeah, it's a new variant. Yeah, there's a new variant like every five weeks, it seems. There's some new variant that pops up. We find out very little about it, and then everyone freaks out. And it's to me, what's so, so scary is you had countries shutting things down when we knew nothing about the new variant. Shutting things down when we had new had absolutely no. And again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I'm not. I'm not a medical expert here. But shutting things down, and then what do we find out about it? We find out one that. Very few people have it in South Africa. Two, of those that had it, the vast majority of them were fully vaccinated. (laughs) Ironic. And then thirdly, that the cases presented mild symptoms. So you had all this fear-mongering happening saying, oh, but there there are just so many mutations. Like there's an insane number of mutations with this one. And it's because, oh my goodness. But then when you actually step back for a second, take a breath and actually dive into the data, you're like, wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute. We're shutting things down for what exactly? It's ridiculous. So ridiculous. Uh, Jacques Lesuave over on uh, Odyssey says, new COVID would make me think too much of new metal. They were right to skip it. Yeah, for me, it would just be more accurate because every single one, it's just new. (laughs) <laughs> like, again, it wouldn't be really off base that much. And then Mr. Womack says that he is the same with mushrooms as well. And then also as the flu has hundreds, if not more variants and no one bats an eye. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Vincent. It's a great point. Um, and and it, it kind of reminds me of that thing from the Joker, right? You know, if I were to kill a, a, a gangbanger in the middle of Times Square, no, no one would bat an eye. But I threaten one little mayor and everyone loses their minds. And that's true, right? This is all about, and Rosie just said it in the live chat, this is all about control. This is all about control. No doubt about it. All right, Odyssey fam, I'll be back in a sec. Let me head back over to the YouTube fam. Let's see, Andrew Hayes says, was the CG animation more lifelike in Encanto? That kind of CG rendering could be what made the movie so expensive. And that's the thing, Andrew Hayes, that they could have every explanation in the book as to why it was more expensive, but there's no justification. There's no justification for spending that much money on an animated film. And again, I go back to a little film from 2019 called Klaus, which got a lot of awards, a lot of accolades, great little film. $40 million. So even if you were to up the ante, because that animation, even that animation was pretty good. That animation actually looked really good. So even if you had that as a baseline, let's say you were to double that, double your efforts. You're talking only about $80 million then. What is it that makes these Disney Pixar films $120 to $150 to $200 million? 
again, it just seems like they are wasting so much money on stuff that does not actually add to their products. And it comes down to this too. If you don't have a good story, it does not matter how much money you put into your product. You could have a billion dollar film and if your story is crap or if your story is not original or if your story is not going to bring butts to seats, it means nothing because all it's going to lead you to is financial ruin and failure. And I think Disney has just gotten so used to so long having guaranteed hits, has being able to put Marvel on anything and people go to see it, put a animated feature coming out Thanksgiving, everyone's going to eat it up and just assume that people would see it. And they're realizing, oh, nope, not going to happen anymore. Makes me happy though. Because hopefully it means people are waking up because I would love to see 10 more films like Klaus. Give me 10 more films like Klaus with a, a fun story. I, I, I assume that's based on a, a previous story. You know, obviously it's based on, you know, uh, Santa Claus to a certain extent, but I'm assuming it's, it's based off of some story uh, that exists of that version of Klaus. I, I'm sure that there's something there, but give me 10 more of those smaller budget animated films that tell really fun stories, even if there is some, uh, even if there might be some derivative aspect to it. And I think that you will find yourself getting a lot more people back. The problem is that they're spending too much. Asbury says, agreed, Clint Barton was teaching his daughter archery in the beginning of Endgame and called her Hawkeye. Yeah, that would have made sense. That would have made sense. But of course, that is not the character that they are pushing for here, right? Kate Bishop is this newer character from the comics who's just plucked out of nowhere. And I don't even know, is for any comics people out there, is that her origin story in the comics? Is that she just sees Hawkeye one day randomly and then says, oh, I want to use a bow and arrow. Because that is, again, one of the dumbest origin stories I've ever heard in my life. Forever sci-fi. I like Haley Steinfeld. Um, <laughs> I like how you said Seinfeld. Uh, but <laughs> I just have no interest in the MCU. Yeah, she's a great actress. Uh, Haley Steinfeld, she is a fantastic young actress. She is so incredibly talented. And it actually makes me sad to see her in this project, to be honest. Um, but unfortunately, she is. And unfortunately, it's, it's not having a good impact. Uh, let's see, Hardwick, glad that your voice is getting better. On Friday Night Tights, you were starting to sound like pre-throat surgery Fauci. I think I was starting to sound like current modern-day Anthony Fauci. <laughs> oh, man. Andrew Hayes, I think Ron was the last movie Akira Kurosawa made before he lost all of his marbles. I don't know about that necessarily, but it's definitely from a later part of his career because it was made in the 1980s, and it is brilliant, though. Andrew Hayes, we got free pepperoni pizza at my job today. Nice, Andrew. That's awesome. Uh, Glenn says, I sometimes feel sorry for you on FNT. The conversations can get pretty spicy. Yeah, you know, but I expect it. I know I, I know exactly what is going to happen, right? I, <laughs> I, know, I know my co-host, and I love my co-host. I respect my co-host completely. Uh, and I always like to think of it as it's the long game. Maybe one day the little... Uh, you know, moments of quiet or shaking my head or the prayers that I offer up, maybe they'll have an impact in some way or fashion. You never know. You never know. 
but no, I love them. They're great. G-Man says, the Disney animation style is getting a little tired to me. All the characters and even their uh, mannerisms seem to be the same movie. Yeah, that's the other reason too. If you have like the same style, the fact that it costs the same amount of money every single time, it just, again, it just seems like there's there's got to be a waste of money somewhere. It's just a not very, it's not a very good use of resources by any means, you know? All right, we are about an hour and 15 minutes in. Uh, so, uh, but I do know I started a little bit early with the intro. So I have about four minutes. I'm gonna try and get through as many comments as I can. But if I do skip your comments, again, nothing personal. Uh, but um, I do wanna, <laughs> my voice is def- definitely a bit on the tired side of things, all right? So again, uh, some comments might be skipped. Anyway, uh, member here for Sci-Fi. I feel like Illinois is going to go for lockdown again. That's why I intend to get out of here as soon as I can. Uh, be careful crossing those state lines. You know that that's uh, apparently not not a legal thing for you to do. Uh, Rosie says uh, different people have different definitions of what woke is because some are, are oblivious to it. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. See, to me, I think it's more so. I haven't seen the film, so I can't speak to the story, but. When people read the story as a Colombian girl, right, for Encanto, that is not woke by its very definition. That instead is pandering by its very definition. It's very clear the intention that they had with Encanto. It was they wanted to try and um, cannibalize the Hispanic and Spanish-speaking market. Like that, that was what they planned to do. They wanted to pander to that market. So that itself is not wokeness. All right. That's, that's not really identity politics. That's more pandering to a certain group of demographic. Now there might be stuff in the film that is, uh, on the side of woke, but having not seen it, I cannot confirm that. Uh, Jeremy Zakowski says this new variant isn't as bad as everyone thinks. We have to learn to live with the virus. It's not going away. Yeah. Just like the cold and the flu, but for some reason, people are just so willing. I got into a back and forth with someone from Australia who was trying to act as if I was the crazy one, even though everything he was saying was basically like, yes, yes to my overlords. I, I accept all of the commands that my overlords give me. And it's like, bro, you're the one that's supporting tyranny, man. Uh, Thanoto says, when I saw the Encanto trailer, I thought this is the witches of Eastwick crossed with practical magic for kids. It's a very interesting, uh, <laughs> combination of films there. <laughs> and I don't know exactly, uh, how to take that. It's a Gungan. What's going on, bro? It has smooth, refreshing texture. I assume you're talking about mushrooms there. Uh, Kara Tharp says that they're nasty. I would definitely agree. Harwick, have you heard of Planet Dune 2021? It's a ripoff. No, I have actually not heard of that film. Um, Let's see. Alex McCarthy says, Omicron Autobots Assemble. <laughs> Seriously, we're getting to the point now where it's the names are getting so far down the line. We're like, well, at some point, you're going to have to get to the end, right? As, at some point, there's going to have to be the Omega variant, right? Is that the one we're going to be like, okay, uh, this, this, this is it. <laughs> we're, we're getting to the end of it. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Andrew Hayes, of course, they all need to understand. Newsflash, there will be a new variant, the horror. I know, seriously. Wait a minute, you're telling me that every virus that's ever existed has mutated and continues to mutate over time as our bodies build up 
uh, immunity in antibodies and it finds ways that it wants to spread because that's kind of the nature of what a virus is. Did I, did I just say the quiet part out loud? Yeah, absolutely. And what we just need, simply need to do is we need to start to try and do the very best that we can to try and speak calmly and sensibly to those around us who are still living in the matrix and say, take the red pill, you know? Daniel Thorne, Licorice Pizza is a movie. Uh, it's waiting for you to come and eat it. Ugh. No, thank you. That sounds terrible. Rosie G, new variants equals more control. Rahm Emanuel, never let a crisis go to waste. Yep, exactly right. G Monkey, what's coming up next year that has the Dems worried? Lockdown again so we can have mass mail outvoting. Oh, yep, absolutely. Um, I think that that is for sure something that they would love to see happen. And I think that is, again, also one of the biggest concerns that Disney and any other major studio should have for next year is because if we're already going in that direction anyway to try and push forward um, these new narratives and this new element and aspect of fear, get ready. Because if we're going to be pushing fear once again, get ready for people to say, okay, well, now I'm not leaving my house because you still have those people that will believe anything that they read in the mainstream media everything that they will meet in the corporate run mainstream media. And now with Twitter putting out these new rules today or yesterday, guess what? Now they're going after independent journalists. Get ready for YouTube to do something very similar. They're going to start to go after these independent news organizations so that there is no alternate voice, which as I said, isn't why I support alt tech. It's why I'm streaming to D live. It's why I'm streaming to Odyssey right now as well. As visit Womack over there, tagged to say, was it 2020 when flu cases were about three uh, 38,000 and COVID at 30 million? 2019 flu cases was at 30 million, but nothing to see here. Yeah, and obviously, I think that um, I always like want to actually see the numbers in front of me before saying anything uh, about it. But I think that it is incredibly important for us to be able to offer up different, um, you know, offer up different solutions and offer up different. Uh, ways for people to access content and information so that we can have these conversations, you know, but at the same time, I don't think that it's, I don't think that we should seed the ground. I think that we should continue to be on as many platforms as we can, including the major tech ones, uh, so that we can simply reach more people. And if, but at the same time, using and getting used to and promoting all tech platforms like Minds for social media, which I love, Odyssey for a video platform social media, which it's getting so much better every single week, it seems, has a long way to go, but getting a lot better for live streaming especially, has a lot of potential there, and letting people know, hey, you have an option. You have an option. Uh, Andrew Hayes, please lift my brother-in-law, KJ, up in prayer. He got the coof, already had... Uh, asthma, so we ended up having to go to the hospital and was just sent to ice. Oh no, put on a ventilator. Uh, I'm very sorry to hear that, dude. Um, yeah, because being it's it's weird because being put on a ventilator actually um, can sometimes even be more dangerous uh, because of just the nature of the virus itself. So definitely will, and I know that people with asthma t typically have a bit more of a tough response. I have a family member that was also um, impacted as well, so definitely keeping them in my prayers. 
Uh, Zion Waters says in the comics, Kate Bishop was saved by the Avengers and was impressed. Hawkeye kept up with them while having no powers. There's a lot more to origin though. Yeah. Okay. So basically then Disney, once again, just screwed up the origin story to, to no one's surprise because the way that's presented in the show is just like, Oh, <laughs> it's just a cool thing. Uh, Harwick says in the Hawkeye TV series, she doesn't just happen to see, uh, Hawkeye is shooting an arrow. A Shintari ship is about to crash into her apartment. He shoots with an arrow. Okay, yeah, Hardwick. It, it's still the same thing. All right? So, again, yes, she's saved by Hawkeye, but, again, all she sees him is shoots an arrow, like, once or twice. That That is the origin story that they give in the show. And as Zion Waters, thank, thank you, Zion, once again, showed very clearly there's so much more to her origin story than just that. Please do not play defense for Disney, Hardwick. Come on, bro. It's 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 that bad though. It is that bad. Uh, and did you also hold on, hold on, hold on? Stormtrooper says the Omega variant is when Charlton Heston grabs his gun and starts shooting. Ah, gotcha. Um, and okay, here it is, Harwick. I haven't seen enough of the show to say I did see that one scene on YouTube. Okay, then, bro, shut your mouth. You haven't seen the episode? Shut your mouth. You've seen a clip? You okay. Can't talk about it. Simple as that. Putting you in timeout. Good sir. Orange Hat, as far as I'm concerned, the G variant is the first iteration of the virus. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I do need to wrap things up. So trying to see if there's any last second comments here. Rosie G says, I know someone through work who hasn't been in a restaurant since March of 2020 to scare the false terror. That's so, that just makes me sad, bro. You know, that just makes me so sad. That just makes me so sad that someone is so scared and is so terrified to just go into a restaurant when if you look at any actual data, there is no reason there is no reason at all to be afraid. It's insane. Yeah, new number two, exactly. Taking shortcuts. That's kind of what Disney does. That's kind of what they're known for. Uh, anyway, though, thank you all very much for being here. Uh, I do need to start to wrap things up, everybody. So I really do appreciate uh, everyone for, for being here to support. Uh, the nine people watching on Odyssey, thank you for watching on Odyssey. Please light up that fire button before you head out. Uh, thank you again to everyone for your chats and to the R for the uh, hyper chat donation. I really do appreciate that. And you shout out to everyone here on YouTube. Uh, if you've been watching on D Live, if you've been watching on Twitter, uh, on, on any and all the locations, it really does mean a lot. Shout out, of course, to the Valks for being awesome and amazing people. They're doing so, uh, so many great things all the time. So it really does mean a lot. Also, uh, before heading out, if you could please check out. Uh, a member on this channel, a member of the Chosen of Valhalla. Her name is Rosetta Allen. Uh, Rosetta Allen. Uh, if you could support her on her social media platforms, and also uh, her, she has a, a PayPal link as well. Uh, one of her cats is having to go through some major surgeries, and she could use some help uh, in in helping to try and cover for those. So if you are someone who has a little bit of extra, uh, this is often known as Giving Tuesday. So if you have anything extra to give, uh, try and reach out to Rosetta Allen. Uh, I believe that my Valks uh, might have access to uh, to links either to her social media or even to the uh, 
uh, to the PayPal link, but I just wanted to shout her out real quick. Uh, and again, as someone who loves animals myself and as someone who is, of course, uh, a, a big animal uh, <laughs> supporter in all all ways. Larry, looking at my sweet baby uh, Willow right now as she just stares at me. She, her eyes just open up like, why did you just wake me up? Um, but yes, uh, PayPal is funky mooch. So PayPal is funky mooch. So if you want to be able to support uh, Rosetta and help her out in any way, again, no obligation, but if you have anything extra to give and send her way, uh, and again, at least send thoughts or prayers her way because I know that she's going through a rough time uh, with it as well. So anyway, uh, thank you all very much for being here tonight. Animals are amazing creatures, absolutely. Uh, so thank you again for uh, being here, for being supportive. Check out the top link in the description. Uh, in that top link, you will get access to all of the links to all of the So myminds.com profile, my Gab profile, my Discord. If you want to enter my Discord, there's a link to that. You can find more information about uh, this, um, this uh, campaign to try and help Rosetta out there too. Uh, amongst other things as well. So anyway, thank you all very much uh, for being here, for being supportive. You guys are awesome, amazing, beautiful people. I uh, hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And also, blessed again, Advent to everyone, blessed Feast of St. Andrew, blessed Feast of St. Andrew, the Apostle, and uh, reminds me there is a, uh, a novena that starts uh, today, uh, which it, it has a long history going back uh, many, many centuries, I believe. So uh, maybe look into that. The St. Andrew Novena, amongst many others. Awesome one, bro. You never contacted me about your winnings from last stream. So uh, make sure you do that. Because if not, I will have to rescind the uh, the gift. So <laughs> anyway, you're all amazing beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening, everybody. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my November Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals members. Starting first off with Patreon, Andrew Hoyle, Animation Commentator, Brandon, Brian P., Christopher Bowman, Dolores Ed, Dion, Father Christopher Miller, Hail to you, Father, Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles, Harold Francis, Inflamed Wood, Jacob the Juice, JC, Jeffrey Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Gomer Kyle 79, Laura the Modern Major General's Story, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Rosetta Allen, Stan Andrian, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. And a shout out to my Subscribestar members, UAB, Mad Dog, Storm Tracker, The R, Fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, Stan 4, John B, Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J, Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss, Slash, the new number two, and J-Rod, the Beer Guru, and of course, ZK Man. Thank you very much for supporting me over there. And to my three... Supporters over on Locals.com, Kara Tharp, Bifford a Hobbit, and Robert Barnes. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. And if you want your name shouted out at the end of every 
live stream and every video I do on the channel. Check out that top link in the description below to find out how to sign up to the various levels that exist, including the most basic level where you get a shout out, the secondary level, the Army of Asgard, where you get that, plus access to a giveaways exclusive server where I give away things like 4Ks and Blu-rays and digital codes. All kinds of stuff, a lot of fun. You then also have the Keeper of the Bifrost level where you get all that stuff plus access to an exclusive podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger. You get to ask us questions and you get also access to that and the entire library of podcast episodes that we have done. And then there is, of course, the Chosen of Valhalla level where not only do you get all of that, but also in your first month, you get a t-shirt of your choice and sent to you anywhere in the world. Of course, just let me know your size and the color option that you want. It'll be sent to you that first month. And also you get to be featured on the once a month chosen of Valhalla live stream where we have a ton of fun talking about movies and projects and all kinds of stuff pretty much anything that the chosen wants to talk about is on the table so if any of that sounds interesting to you check out that top link you're all amazing and beautiful people hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day and as always god bless